Ladies and gentlemen, it's week three in the NFL, a Thursday game, two Monday games, 32 teams, 16 games, 0-2 teams being grossly undervalued in the market, 2-0 teams getting a lot of love. Who's coming out on top? Who are you betting? Let's fucking go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Bets. It's week three in the NFL, and like we do every week, we're going to go over every single NFL game against the spread, give out our leans, probably give out a free pick or two, including our teaser of the week. It's NFL week three, everybody, and there's a lot to be excited about. Before we get to the slate, let me just cover... A little, a little business, a little ground here, if you will. Last week, not so hot for Farley Betts in week two. Um, I don't know exactly how it went. Let me look at my record here. Overall, we're nine and eight against the spread, slightly in the red, minus 0.77 units. Parlay's one and oh, teasers two and two. We took an alt line on the Saints on Monday night, lost. We're 0 and one. Saints let the Panthers. Trudge right down the field, <laughs> meaningless touchdown. So, of course, our alt line didn't hit, minus six and a half on the Saints. And money line plays one and two for minus 1.37 units. So, kind of a, a, a mediocre start to the season, but unbelievably, I, I just feel like we, I still have such a great handle on what's happening this season. So, I, I just, I know that it's going to improve, right? If you're, if you're prepped, if you're paying attention to the market, uh, if you're if you're making bets that you believe in because of what the market is showing you and overcorrecting about it and you know the market is not always right guys right these sharps are not always right and you got to you got to take advantage of some of these overcorrections in the marketplace and we just feel really strongly that we know who these teams are and i think we're going to see some of those more some more of those results in week 3 um but you know week 2 was tough for a lot of us a lot of crazy things happening fumbles all over the place uh, you know, teams that probably should have covered. I mean, the Giants proved obviously that they're a way better operation than the Cardinals, but Giants were losing 20 to nothing at the half, had to come back by 21 points. You know, the Bears were in, in position at least to cover against the Bucks, and Justin Fields throws a field goal in his own five yard line. Like, it, it's tough to bet on these shitty teams, but when you've done this long enough, you know. Sometimes you just got to take the ugliest teams, the ugliest numbers, and trust in, in what your analysis and your evaluation of the market is telling you and where there's inflated value on other teams. And you're going to see a lot of examples of that this week. Now, as usual, as we go through every single game, I'm not going to give out my premium picks. We'll give out a free pick on the show. No premium picks. That's reserved for my premium clients. Wouldn't be fair to them if I did give out a bunch of picks in this show. You can always DM me at Farley Bets on Twitter if you're interested in our premium picks. This is going to be a really great year for us. And I can't wait for week three. Again, follow me at Farley Bets. Check me out at sportswagers.ca. 
for all of my leans and free picks every single week. I partner with the great Sherwood, Brian Sherwood over there at sportswagers.ca. God, he's been in this business, I believe, for three or four decades. One of the best writers in the business for sure. Just excellent at always looking at value. We had a down week on the site last week. So if I were you, I would check out sportswagers.ca this week for what is bound to be a much better performance against the spread for us. Let's get to these week three games. And again, for those who haven't listened in the past, what we're trying to do here, what pro better Farley bets at Farley bets on Twitter. Give me a follow. Is trying to do here is evaluate the market principally, right? We can evaluate these teams. You're going to hear a thousand and one podcasts this week. Talk about these teams and how the analysts feel about these teams and where they are offensively, defensively, the quarterback. There's enough fodder about that out there. And I'll, I'll touch on that if need be. But again, especially in the NFL, the market is, is a, a, at least proclaimed to be extremely sharp. And for the most part, it is, right? These lines are not far off. They know how to create 50-50 betting percentages on both sides, which is what every sports book tries to do. Uh, and the sharpest bettors in the world bet the NFL. So these lines are corrected rather quickly. But you have to pay attention to the perception of those sharp bettors and the market itself. And then you have to have your own perception and your own market evaluation and compare the two. When you've been doing this as long as we have, feel pretty confident about your own market perceptions. Let's start with the New York Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. My Giants, who let the Arizona Cardinals go up 20 to nothing in the first half of their week two game, look like the Giants didn't wake up until the third quarter of their week two game against the Cardinals. A great effort by Daniel Jones. Uh, the only quarterback in NFL history to like, I think he threw over 250, ran for... I think 100 or close to it, uh, two passing touchdowns, one touch, one rushing touchdown. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to do that. And he deserves credit because the Giants were lifeless in the first half of that game against Arizona. But we've seen this Giants team before. We've seen them go against elite NFC teams like Philly and Dallas. And even under Coach of the Year Brian Dayball, the New York Giants lose by an average margin of 17 points to those elite NFC teams like Dallas and Philly. Six times they faced Dallas and Philly under Dayball, 17-point losing margin on average in those games. The San Francisco 49ers, like the market's right about this one, in my opinion. The San Francisco 49ers are clearly on a mission this year, clearly one of the best teams in the NFL. And this line is right. I expect the 49ers to pull ahead in this game. Maybe it's by 10. Maybe it's by 13 or 17. I can't bet on the Giants, even though, right, they might have some momentum coming off that last game. But it's also a really tough road spot. Giants on the road at Arizona in week two. Got to stay on the road three days later, three to four days later, however you want to look at it. Because that Giants-Cardinals game was over, you know, Sunday at 730. Right. So that's not a day. They got Monday. They got Tuesday. They got Wednesday to prep. Thursday, it's game time. So Giants got to go from Arizona to San Francisco. The 49ers were in, were in LA in week two, just a short drive up to San Francisco from there. 
sipping on whiskey right after their Sunday night win, I'm sure. Happy as clowns. 49ers are really good, guys. And we've seen the Giants' offensive line, especially against elite defensive lines like the 49ers. Things can get ugly quick. Now, maybe Dayball, Dayball pulls off a great coaching clinic on Thursday, gets these guys motivated, riding that momentum. And Thursday games are, are you know, they're always weird, right? There's always something weird going on on a Thursday night game. So anything can happen, obviously. But I think the line is right on this one. Going by DraftKings, by the way, for, for all of these ATS lines. So, again, can't stress it enough. Every single week in the NFL, guys and girls, look for the best lines. FanDuel, Caesars, PointsBet, BetMGM, offshore books like BetUS, Bovada, BetOnline. There's a lot of options out there. I know it's annoying to send your money in five different places. But sometimes, as we learn, right, there's a ton of value and just a half a point sometimes, right? Like one or two points. Second game on the slate that we're going to talk about, Colts at the Ravens. Ravens, eight-point favorites at home. And I, I get that to an extent, right? I mean, the Ravens looked great, and they looked really great last week in a really tough spot at Cincinnati. Lamar Jackson, he just looked like he finally settled down. No big mistakes. Uh, their defense certainly settled in. I mean, Burrow got going a little bit eventually in the third, fourth quarter, but it wasn't enough. The fact that the Ravens closed that game out, very impressive. I like that Todd Munkin certainly seems like he's like adapting his playbook to Lamar Jackson, which is what he should do, right? This is Lamar Jackson's team. They've, you know, they've um, adjusted a, a lot of things for Lamar. We can't change that at this point, right? This is an extremely gifted athlete who has a pretty average arm. But if their run game continues like that, look out. This is looks like a very good Ravens team. But the market is definitely, you know, they're obviously really strong on the Ravens, right? We really haven't seen this line move. It is getting juiced up now a little bit on the Colts. I would lean Colts. I mean, even if it's Gardner Minshew, which could be an upgrade, right? from a a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson who is, is is looking pretty good through two games, right? But suffered that concussion. We don't know if he'll play. Garner Minshew, been in a lot of tough situations. Colts are pretty talented, both offensive and defensive line. Their defense has been very solid. Offense ran right over the Texans last week. I mean, it's the Texans. But you do think that D'Amico Ryan's defense is at least going to be the best unit out there, right? They didn't show any resistance, really. The Colts did whatever they wanted. I think the Colts can keep this one close. No official play. Again, not giving out official plays, but my lean would be Colts plus eight. Again, just like week two, a lot of market overcorrections over and inflation here. Broncos and Dolphins. I know a few really sharp bettors who love the Broncos in this spot. Uh, probably going to be hot down there, right? Also, look, you know, make sure you're looking at weather every single week. It's a really important part of totals, especially. I'm not betting on a lot of totals just yet. I need, I need a bigger sample size for totals, right? And like how these teams are going to look. Um, but it's probably going to be hot. Obviously, South Florida, Denver is used to the mountains, the cooler air up there. Uh, and I know a lot of sharp bettors, like I said, who love Denver, getting six points and they're an 0 and 2 team. 
And obviously the market is really high in Miami right now. Why wouldn't they be? Miami's offense has looked unstoppable. Their defense has looked improved. But this is a really desperate 0-2 Broncos team, right? Sean Payton's no doubt pissed off. What worries me about betting on the Broncos is that Payton and Russ, like that marriage might end in a, and you know, in a pretty explosive divorce sooner than later. That's not good, right? Quarterback coach, they they are the anchor of every football team. They need to get along. So I don't like it that reports are out there that they're not getting along. That being said, when reports like that surface, usually quarterback and coach, they correct it, right? They they don't they don't want that to be the case, right? For their brand. So there's value intrinsically on the Broncos because they're 0 and 2. They're giving they're getting six points. They're going to be extremely motivated, you would think. I'm just not too eager to hit that trigger on the Broncos because the Dolphins have looked really good. I think it's very legit. And the Dolphins could realistically, especially at home, blow the doors off the Broncos. And then it's Russell Wilson trying to catch up. And we know what that looks like. Against a Miami defense that create, you know, it's creating some pressure, right? There's certainly, I mean, they they if they had Jalen Ramsey, I think this would be a really impressive unit. Um, but they looked solid and they looked solid ever since the playoffs last season against the Bills. They played really well in that game. I, I like I like Mike McDaniels as a, as a coach too. It, you talk about different cultures right now, different coach to quarterback relationships. It doesn't get much better than Mike McDaniels and Tua. It doesn't get much worse, at least at least it seems, than Russ and Sean Payne right now. Bills at Commanders, Commanders six and a half point dogs at home. And you heard how I said that, right? Commanders looking pretty good. And I know they beat the Cardinals. And last week they beat the Broncos, who Broncos were up big on the Commanders. They let the Commanders come back. Uh, Sam Howell definitely doing some good things there for the Commanders. He can sling it. He's a little uh, risk averse at times, right? But um, he can sling it. Or, or, or I should say, he's he's risk happy. He's he's happy to take risks. Um, you know, again, I made the Baker Mayfield comparison about Sam Howell, and I think that's fair. He can have high upside in some games and some situations. You know, Baker's doing well now with Tampa too. I give him credit. Uh, but this is still a young quarterback going against a really good defense. We saw that defense completely shut down the Raiders last night in Buffalo. Lean commanders, this seems like a Josh Allen spot where the Washington defense, it also looks very formidable. Love seeing Chase Young get in, in the action last week and making a big difference in that game for the commanders. So this could be a, a you know Josh Allen turnover game that creates a much closer contest. Lean commanders. Texans at Jaguars, man oh man. We've seen this story before because these Texans have straight up upset and beaten Jacksonville at Jacksonville in the past. I believe that happened last season. It's happened numerous times. Like the Texans just aren't aren't afraid at all of Jacksonville. The situation or the reason why I'm less or I'm more hesitant to bet on Houston in this situation, even though they're getting nine and a half points, um, is because it's C.J. Stroud, who looked pretty damn good last week, was really airing the ball out there, you know, gained a lot of yards. Him and uh, 
Nico Collins, is that his name? I get I get the Hollands and the Collins mixed up. <laughs> but uh, you know, they 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 have some chemistry over there. Look up his name. If I screw that up, you'll see he was the leading wide receiver from last week. Uh, but this isn't about his relationship with that wide receiver. This is about a, a brand new rookie quarterback, a new coach. And unlike Jacksonville, who in seasons past faced the Texans when I I believe they won the previous game, the Jaguars were kind of embarrassed last week. Opportunity after opportunity to score. The Chiefs come to town, a big opportunity to, you know, earn earn a tiebreaker against the Chiefs in the future, possibly, you know, give them one more loss. That's huge for Jacksonville in the AFC. And they couldn't do it. Nine points. Got to the red zone a few times, couldn't make anything happen. Bad fumbles. Disappointing experience uh, or performance from Jacksonville last week. So you would expect them to be at their best against a not a very good team this week in Houston. Lean Jacksonville, believe it or not. Falcons at Lions. Now, this is a free pick that I gave away yesterday at sportswagers.ca. So you can read my, what I think is a very thorough write-up about this game, Falcons and Lions. But I gave it away a minus three because this line, which was as high, I believe I saw a six on the Lions at a certain point. It was absolutely at five and a half. I know that because I grabbed Falcons plus five and a half as a, you know, just a personal bet because I knew that line was going to move. Uh, but then I grabbed the Lions minus three as well. And that's, again, that free pick is up at sportswagers.ca. Um, now it's at minus three and a half on the Lions now. But I still don't mind that, right? This is a Falcons team who has had the perfect setup to start their season. At home against Bryce Young, rookie quarterback in his first regular season game, and he looked like it. He was okay, but he looked like it. And you saw what Bryce Young did on Monday Night Football. You talk about a struggling offense. That's who the Falcons faced at home with a ton of new talent in week one. Week two, the Falcons face the Packers. The undermanned Packers, no David Bakhtiari, no Christian Watson, no Aaron Jones, who looked spectacular in week one. Falcons win by one point. They had to come back in that game. Now, they dominated the stats many more yards, especially on the ground, than the Packers last week. And B. John Robinson looks amazing. I mean, that dude is a fucking difference maker, right? He could... He could give the Falcons an ATS win in this game just because he is a difference maker, right? Breaks off an 80-yard run or something. Who knows? But I think the Lions, after a really frustrating game last week, three turnovers, a pick six from Jared Goff, a fumble at the start of the second half that immediately gave the game to the Seahawks or gave the ball to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks tied the game 14 up at that point. Lions could have went down the field and made a 21-7. That's potentially a 14-point turnaround in that game. Lions turned it over, tripped over themselves, sent into OT. Um, their uh, second year defensive end, the fuck is that guy's name? You know, the white dude. <laughs> he um, he gets held on that final play in overtime, not called, Seahawks score, game over. And Seahawks, they deserve to win that game, I and mean, they fought really hard, made some great plays. Tyler Lockett, some unbelievable plays. That's what he does. Um, but the Lions also got some unfortunate circumstances happening in that game. 
this is a really good Lions team, especially on offense. Jared Goff is getting a ton of protection behind his line. They're healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown will be back, right? It was just like a cramp issue last week. Uh, maybe they feed Jameer Gibbs a little bit more right now that uh, David Montgomery is down. Um, but this, I think the Lions are going to answer the call here, guys. I, I, I like him at three and a half. I would take this up to four. Um, Lions at home, repeat performance where they can do better against the Falcons team who this is their first real test, right? And now we're talking about the real contenders in the NFC. The Lions are a real contender. I'm not sure about the Falcons just yet. So this line, in my opinion, has been overcorrected. I got the three. If you can get a three, take it. But I like three and a half on the Detroit Lions as well. Patriots at the Jets. Jets are three-point dogs at home. You understand that, right? Because of what we're what we're seeing from Zach Wilson, like has some good plays, but also has some really, really awful throws and really awful decisions that he makes out there. Patriots defense is really good. Jets defense is really good. Still think the value is on the Jets here. But the problem is that the Patriots are 0-2. Like I can't bet on the Jets when the Patriots are 0-2. And the Patriots own this series. Like they I think they've beaten the Jets like six times in a row, eight times, like some some kind of crazy um trend. I don't pay that much attention to trends. If anything, trends make me want to go in the opposite direction. Um, but it's going to be, I mean, I, it's hard to picture the Patriots 0 and three, but they could be one and two and not cover this line, right? This is an extremely low total lowest of the week for good reason. 36 and a half. I might consider still going under that. Um, like, like where's the offense going to come from, right? Because the Patriots have a better offensive operation right now, but the Jets defense is, is better than the, is, I mean, I think it's better than the Patriots defense extremely talented sauce Garner does not allow any completions on his end I mean he's unbelievable and if they can keep the game within range and the defense isn't out there too much you know they they can keep this one close so competing thoughts for me in this one and no strong leans probably just going to stay away Saints at Packers building off that Packers and Falcons game that I previously talked about um I think the Packers are going to be ready to roll I think you know, I mean, signs, reports are telling us that Baxiar is going to be back. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones will probably be back. Them them sitting out last week was more, you know, cautionary measures being taken on, on three of arguably their best offensive players that are not named Jordan Love. And then Jordan Love is is looking really good. I mean, he's playing really well. Six touchdowns so far, efficient not making mistakes, can put the ball in tight spots, made a great throw on fourth down to keep their drive alive at Atlanta, but the guy just dropped it. I, I like the Packers in this one. That's my lean anyway. Um, Saints, maybe they're worth a teaser or something, but guys, the Saints don't look like uh, um, you know a unified operation just yet. I mean, Derek Carr is struggling a little bit, doesn't look – as confident as I thought he he should or he would at this point. Uh, you know, it kind of speaks to Dennis Allen, though, right? Dennis Allen is a defensive mind. I don't know what kind of tutelage and training and grooming they have for Carr there in New Orleans. So it's kind of probably all up to him. Um, and I think they might run into a buzzsaw here. I mean, the Packers is their first home game. One-point loss with all those guys out. I think the Packers are going to look really good on Sunday. 
Titans at Browns. Titans were up to four and a half. I took a four and a half. Um, down to three now. So we got some closing line value here. This is a tough one at three because, you know, the Browns obviously coming off that unfortunate loss to the Steelers. Everybody thinks it's fake news. But the Browns are now without Nick Chubb. And Deshaun Watson is starting to look a little more like the Deshaun Watson we knew on the Texans, who was, you know, MVP caliber player. But he's also still very clearly in his head, very clearly still makes bonehead plays. And the Titans, man, Rabel is a damn good underdog. We know how good he is ATS. You can look that stat up anywhere. Titans defense is for real. Titans defense against the run is really good, and that's the Browns' strength. So this game is going to probably be on Watson to win, and I don't know if I trust Watson. Lean Titans even at three, but tough game here. Tough game to choose. Chargers and Vikings. (laughs) Talk about a tough game to choose because who the fuck wants to bet on either one of these teams right now? The Chargers are going to be charging. Always messing up. I hope the Vikings win this game so that Brandon Staley gets fired. Or or at least the seat becomes extremely hot for Brandon Staley. Because I, I do believe that he's the biggest reason why the Chargers aren't succeeding. They are just so full of talent. Now, a little bit is certainly on Justin Herbert, right? Like Herbert, um, he, he had a lot of opportunities to take the Chargers down the field, score some touchdowns, and win that game last week against the Titans and just could not get it done. And, you know, at Tennessee against that defense, not easy. But if you're getting paid that kind of money, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL next to Joe Burrow, you got to make that happen. I don't care who, I don't care who your coach is, right? Like Brandon Staley is not calling those plays, I don't think. But Staley and just the culture and how they all get up for each other, like they need a coach to unify this team, a motivator, uh, you know, someone that brings out the best. And that's not Brandon Staley. I mean, this guy walks around the sidelines every week like he's the smartest guy in the room. He's probably like five foot six, 130 pounds. Like these football players cannot relate to this dude. Like he should be a defensive assistant somewhere. That's about it. My opinion. I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, Vikings should have won against the Eagles last Thursday night. Now they have, uh, you know, 11 days off to prep for this game. They're at home. It's going to be a very high-scoring game. I, I I lean to the over in this one, even at 54.5, guys. I mean, it's at 54.5 for a reason, right? Like, the Vikings' pass defense has looked pretty good, but they're not going to be able to be, you know, they're not going to be able to hold off the Chargers the whole game. Eckler could be back. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is going to go wild in this game. I think this is a great spot for Kirk Cousins as a fantasy player to blow up, you know, put up 30 points or something. Um I think this is, I mean, if this was a low scoring game, I, I would really be shocked. Really, really be shocked. I mean, suddenly these two defenses are going to like play consistently well for four quarters. Ugh. And, it, you know, it might only take two quarters for this total to go under for them to play well. But still, I mean, these, these two offenses can put up points instantly. Neither team should, should probably be 0 2, but, you know, here we are. And I like Kevin O'Connell and, Kirk Cousins and that connection and that offense more than I like Herbert and Staley. So lean Vikings, but no official play. Panthers at Seahawks. This is up to six. Uh, we got four and a half on the Seahawks sent to my premium customers. That's why you sign up to be a premium member. As, as you can tell, I, I, I have closing line value on already three or four games. Right? Like that's what a pro better does. If you 
are signed up or, or reading some articles or listening to shows and they're not doing that, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Okay. And there's a lot of that out there in the, in the Twitterverse and sports media. So you're not going to get four and a half on this, but I do like the Seahawks to win this game. Uh, I, I don't, you know, the Panthers aren't in operation that I trust right now. That is a tough spot for the Panthers off Monday night football to go across the country to the Pacific Northwest at Seattle where Seattle lost their first game of the season in Seattle and an upset loss to the Rams. And the, and the Seahawks fought really hard and came together last week. Pete Carroll doing his usual shtick on the sideline, looking like the most energetic guy in the room, even though he's, what, like 74? Uh, he's an amazing coach, right? you got to give him his flowers. Seahawks make a, make a solid teaser leg here. And you heard it right. That's my first teaser leg of the week. My free teaser of the week. First leg, Seahawks just bet them down to win this game because I think they're going to win it. Dallas Cowboys at the Cardinals. Uh, red flags all over this game because on the one hand, well, let's just talk about the Cowboys, Cardinals, and Bears Chiefs at the same time because it's the same thing, right? Now, the Cardinals give you some reason to have faith, right? Because they can fight hard. Josh Dobbs has played well. Their defense has played well. Jonathan Gannon, maybe he's not completely clueless. The Bears are a little harder to get behind, right? Like, I bet on the Bears last week against Tampa. I thought they were going to win that game straight up. What a fucking choke job by Justin Fields and the Bears. I mean, just terrible. Terrible, terrible. Uh, it's really hard to bet on the Bears. I get it. But the thing about that game is the Chiefs really aren't showing anybody that they can blow out teams right now, right? Lost in week one, eked out an eight-point win against the Jaguars, but kind of lucky that they won by eight points, right? A lot of turnovers by the Jags, a lot of red zone failed opportunities by the Jags. And now Justin Fields maybe goes back to what, what he always does, right? It just starts running the ball more, opens up his game. Harder to bet on the Cardinals for me, actually, just because Dallas has looked so good. But you talk about flat spots. Last year in week three at Indianapolis, the Chiefs lost straight up to the Colts as eight-point favorites. Okay? This can happen again. And we've seen Dallas stumble, bumble, trip over themselves a thousand times and more in the past, especially in flat spots. So I'm leaning to the dog, believe it or not, the pitiful dog, the home Cardinals plus 12, the Road Bears plus 12 and a half, both 0 and 2, both super desperate, both super motivated. Chiefs and Cowboys, how motivated are they? I guess we'll find out. Steelers at the Raiders. Steelers opened up as a one point favorite, and this line has moved to plus three earlier this morning and now plus two and a half on the Steelers. I think that's wrong. I just tweeted that out. Like, the fact that the Steelers got three points this morning, are you kidding me? There's your free pick. Take the Steelers plus two and a half or, or play or take the Steelers plus three. And I know I already gave out the Lions. I'm not I'm not giving you the same lines that I give to my premium customers because I give I give my premium premium customers, easy for me to say, I give them the plays as soon as those lines come out, right? Like that's why you sign up with a pro. But I still like the Steelers at plus two and a half. I mean, you're they're going to Vegas, sure. Their Monday night win was kind of phony, sure. There's not a lot to believe in 
about their offense. Okay, I get it. Didn't pass the 30-yard line. Okay, okay. But it's the Raiders' defense. Like, the Raiders' defense is not good. Okay, they played well in week one against the Broncos, a divisional opponent, Russell Wilson. Kenny Pickett, Pickens, Najee Harris. I think they can see some improvement in this game. Finally, move the needle a little bit on Monday Night Football offensively. Kenny Pickett did it all last year, made big plays, big throws. I'm still kind of high on the guy. He can make he can make some mistakes too. Every quarterback does. But I think there's a lot there for him. And you're telling me Jimmy G and his Raiders offense is just going to thrive against the Steelers defense, against T.J. Watt? T.J. Watt takes over games by himself. And you and we were getting three on the Steelers. I'll take two and a half. I would take two and a half if I were you too. Oh, and by the way, the Steelers are my second leg of our teaser of the week. Eh, I can't get them at three, but we can get them at plus eight and a half. Tease down the Seahawks. Tease up the Steelers again. And that's our teaser of the week. Moving on. Eagles at the Bucks. Bucks plus five on Monday Night Football. Uh, totals 45 and a half. This one is obviously tough because the Eagles are still the NFC champs from last season. Somehow they've eked out two wins that they really did not deserve to win. Got very lucky against the Patriots and got very lucky about the Vic- against the Vikings. Each of those teams, Patriots and Vikings, <coughs> coughing up turnovers right away to give the Eagles literally granted and paved a road for the Eagles to get 14 to 20 points in those games immediately. Both teams. I couldn't believe how many times the Vikings fumbled in a row on Thursday Night Football. The fucking Philadelphia Eagles are the luckiest team in the world. I've never seen anything like it. I grew up in eastern Pennsylvania. It's all I fucking watched. It's really fucking annoying because Eagles fans are so fucking annoying as a Giants fan growing up in eastern Pennsylvania. You have no idea. And yeah, motherfuckers, I'm not from eastern Pennsylvania, okay? My whole family's from the New York City area, so go take a hike. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking. I don't know why my parents moved me to fucking farm country in Pennsylvania. I don't know why. But this team gets lucky as shit, and this is a really phony 2-0. And Baker Mayfield, hey, this might be the first game I ever cheer for Baker. Baker's playing well. He's this is a better Bucks team than it was with than it was with an embattled Tom Brady last season. You know, we probably had a lot of Giselle on his mind, obviously, going through the whole divorce. But Baker's kind of feisty right now. He's not making mistakes. Defense is extremely feisty. And you're giving me Todd Bowles and his defensive mind against Ben Johnson or whoever the hell the Eagles offensive coordinator is, a guy that does not have any pro experience before this, that that offense does not look good. It does not look great right now. It's not Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's on the on the lines. Um, there's a reason why I don't know the Eagles offensive coordinator because he's brand new and he's not very good. And the Eagles are trying to figure it out on the job. And the Bucks defense has looked good. I only refrain because the Eagles are that good, obviously, on defensive and offensive line. And they can just cover these lines because of their offensive and defensive lines, guys. Like Jalen Hurst doesn't have to play very well. Their offense doesn't have to be very in sync. And Lord knows the Bucs would probably <clears throat> cough up a few turnovers and like literally throw it to the other team. <laughs> so I'm not going to bet against Philly in this one, just a lean for me officially on the show. But I could see why you'd want to play in the Bucs here. Rams at the Bengals. Bengals 
this line just ticked back up in favor of the Bengals minus two. It was minus one. So maybe there's some positive news right now about Joe Burrow. We are recording this 11 a.m. on Wednesday. So check that out. If Burrow plays, I'm, I'm going to lean strongly to the Bengals here. This is Super Bowl. Super Bowl. God, you know, talk. I'm just, it's, it's too much in my own voice. You know, that's what happens. Super Bowl. Super Bowl from a few years ago. Super Bowl revenge for the Bengals. Obviously losing against the Rams a few years ago in the Super Bowl. Haven't seen the Rams since. That was actually only, only two seasons ago. Haven't faced the Rams since. Matthew Stafford is still there. Last time I checked, so is Aaron Donald. Um, Bengals need to get right. They're 0-2. If Burrow plays, I would bet on the Bengals, but we don't know that yet. And you, I, can't, I can't pull the trigger on the Bengals if there's no Joey Burr. Now, Joey, Bur- Joey Burrow could be a little banged up still, right? He tweaked it, he said. He tweaked his ankle again. So it's not like a, it's not an easy bet. It's not a, a, like an overconfident bet, but that's the way that I would lean just because of those narratives. Like if you're going to be motivated for anything, if Cincinnati is going to find their mojo again, this would be the spot in the jungle at home against the team that they lost to in the Super Bowl. Many of these same players lost to in the Super Bowl just two seasons ago. All right. That's a lot of me talking. That's a lot of me. Blah, blah, blah. Over and over. Guys, girls, everybody, at Farley Bets on Twitter, sportswagers.ca for all of my free plays. I'm going to throw a free WNBA play up there today. Thank you so much for listening. Let's fucking go. Week three is here. Let's build our bankrolls. Everybody, see you Sunday night on our reaction pod. Bye.